Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. Star Talk, Cosmic Queries Edition. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist, bringing you this episode from my office at the Hayden Planetarium of the American Museum of Natural History, right here in New York City. And of course, I have with me Chuck Knight. Hey, Chuck. Neil. What's up, buddy? How you feeling? I'm doing well. All right, good. good. Are you ready for some cosmic queries? Always ready for the cosmic queries. This one queries. in particular, because it's on the relationship between humans and robots. Ah. That's weird. Yes. We don't, that could go, that, there's a lot of dark places that can go. Does not compute? Of course. <laughs> That's the big, you know. And of course, you tweet at Chuck Nice Comic. Thank you, sir. Yes, I do. And you, you haven't, you want me to take out the person who's got Chuck Nice as the handle? Please do. <laughs> I don't know. And you know what? He's got like 12 followers. <laughs> and you want your 20 followers to... And I to, want my 22 <laughs> followers to be able to just cut... No, I kind of like uh, the Chuck Nice comic now. Yes, it, it grows on you, right? Yeah, it, becomes, it does. Yeah. It becomes your, your, your thing. Right. So, on that subject, we have expertise. Yes, we, we do. We reached out 200, 200 miles away. Right. Up in uh, Cambridge. Yes. And we found a Canterburyan, Kate Darling. Kate. Hi. Hi. Welcome hey. to Star Talk. And you are uh, an expert on issues related to humans and computers. Yes. And, Specifically robots, yes. Oh, sorry. Yes, robots. I like computers, too. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But there, there are no robots, though. You know, computers, they don't really. I mean, robots are cool. Computers are just computers. Exactly. Good point. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I get that. It so, is known, yes. Uh, this is at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, the media, MIT Media Lab. And you've been there how long? Nine and a half years. And you, you did you come there, and you came there from how? how? I was uh, a doctoral student at the ETH in Zurich, which is a tech university. It's kind of like the Europe MIT, but okay. right. no oh. one knows that. No. ETH, is that a word or is that an abbreviation? It's an abbreviation. For? Eidgenössische Technische Hochschule. She was showing off there. Yes, right? exactly. I think she like, said it better than I did. <laughs> what is Hochschule? Yeah, so that translates to what? Uh, federal Technical Institute. No, Federal. Yeah, Federal Technical Institute. Are okay. you sure you speak German? <laughs> I, she not anymore. <laughs> You're not sure anymore. <laughs> so what what was what were your research topics there? Okay, so there I was doing law and economics and intellectual property. Oh, but what kind of economics? Law and economics. Law and economics and intellectual property. Yeah, okay. but the the ETH has a great robotics program. There are a lot of roboticists there, and I've always loved robots. And so when I got the opportunity to come to the media lab. Um, I made friends with all the roboticists and switched fields. Wow. Nice, That's good. yeah, very cool. To be, to be, not only to know you, you needed to be that nimble that the system can accommodate it. That's not always the case. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Very good. All right, Chuck. So we got these questions that came yes, in. Yes, we do. Solicited on lots on of them. humans and robots. That's right. And everybody wants to and know. Everybody. This is not a. This is a. This is not a, a small topic. Yeah. This is something that everybody gets into. You yeah. know. All right. Um, let's do it. And so we always start with a Patreon patron. Okay. Because they uh, they offer us support in the form of uh, financial contributions. Money. Money. <laughs> That's right. 
So many euphemisms for money. It's amazing. Isn't it really? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes, exactly. Used to be, we used to have a fundraising department. Now there's the development department. Oh, development. <laughs> development, yes. Mm, we're going yes. to develop some funds. We I believe they call that counterfeiting. <laughs> developing funds <laughs> what in the we back doing? office. Yeah, we're developing some funds. <laughs> yes, the machine is running right now. Exactly. But anyway, right. uh, so let's Chuck, go with have? Jared Goodwin, who says, uh, if a robot can pass the Turing test, should it be endowed with inalienable rights? Could it be a marriage partner? If it's the cause of a human death, should it stand trial? Also, uh, isn't the human fear of AI just a fear of any species should have of evolution? And I mean, that begs another question. Is AI the next incarnation of human evolution, right, right. which okay, is really a lot there. That, yeah, that, that was five that's questions. Really five <laughs> questions. So I'm going to tell you what. Uh, let's go with just the first one, which is, let's say it passed the Turing test, which, I mean, everything does now. Should, should it have unalienable rights? Right. Should it have unalienable rights? Or, or we can broaden it and say, is there a threshold, even if not the Turing test? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. That's obligated. a better question. That's a better question because arguably robots have already passed the Turing yeah, test. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, they really yeah. have. Uh-huh. So, but tell us um, what the Turing test is. That's a good so, idea. So, yeah, the Turing test. So, Alan Turing, way back in the day, one of you probably knows the exact year, <laughs> he came up with this concept of the Turing test where he was like, it doesn't actually matter if a machine is intelligent as long as it can pass as intelligent. So, if it can fool people into thinking it's intelligent, that's basically just as good. Um, and I know some people. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Just barely passed the jury. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and well, so some people have turned this into contests around the world where the, it's popular for chatbots. You know, can a chatbot fool judges into thinking that it's a human, that they're talking to a human for a specific amount of time? And, you know, multiple chatbots have passed that okay. test. But they never helped me. I never received help from a chatbot. <laughs> so these are these are just so I understand it. A chatbot is would be software that can interpret your question well enough and give an answer good enough so that you're listening and you say I'm talking to a human. Yes. Okay. And there's some tricks that they use to get them to pass it. Like, for example, one year this chatbot won one of the competitions by pretending to be a 13-year-old from the Ukraine, from Ukraine. And like the expectations for how it would chat with you were maybe a little bit different than if it was pretending to be you, for example. So okay. I, I think that, you know, there are a lot of little design tricks where we can get people to think that robots are intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're already there. Case, but so is that even fair? Because now you're you're using tactics to trick a human rather than have it be an authentic profile of properties. That's a good point. I mean, all of our communication is tactics. Well, though, wait, I'll, I'll give you an example. So I go way back. Just I'm an old man. Here. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. However old you don't think I am, it's makeup. <laughs> right. So so I remember the early days of playing chess against a computer. And I did this, and it beat my ass every time. And then I realized I can trick it. So here's what I did: I would about to be, about, I would about to make a good move, where I'd, and I wouldn't take it. Mm. I make a different move, and it doesn't understand that because right. there's a very obvious move I should be making, and I'm not. And it disrupted its logical sequencing, and it doesn't know how to 
defend against something that I'm not attacking. Right. And so it started moving in random places. And then when I got it distracted, then I went in for that move when it was no longer expecting it because it gave up on me having to do. And so I tactically beat the computer. But I didn't feel good about that because it wasn't just a brute force head-to-head. So uh, should we allow someone to purposefully, tactically fool a human into thinking it's human? Well, I mean, that's Turing's whole thing, right? If you can fool them, it doesn't have to actually be intelligent. Yeah, but if you fool it with, with targeted algorithms, that feels unfair. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm curious. I mean, Turing unfortunately is dead, so we can't ask him. <laughs> Whether he be okay? Would he be? Yo, you cool with that? Fine. Yeah. <laughs> Fool me once, shame on me. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I don't feel like I actually defeated the computer. Yeah. When I beat it. I I beat it because I beat it. Because you kind of cheated. I, I cheated right. a little. You didn't actually beat it because you were skilled at chess. Right. Thank you. Yeah, there That's you the, how, how I should have said it. Right. Exactly. Right. I beat it because I, I figured out how it worked, and then outwitted it. And yeah, I'm, I'm, and I'm not proud of this. I live with this. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost lots you of sleep over this. clearly yes. <laughs> weighs on you every day still. So. Well, the chatbots work. I mean, you know, the, the, most companies now use them for uh, customer service when you are on the website. And they say, okay. can the other thing, it, it pops up, can I help you with something? And it knows... There's only so many reasons you can come to this website. Mm-hmm. So whenever that happens, whenever it pops up and says, can I help you? Just actually say something that is, has nothing to do with the website. And, you, and, and it's just like, yes, like I'm losing my home right now. Can you help me? <laughs> Or can you okay, loan Chuck, me thirty dollars? The fact that you know that this is something to do tells me you need a life. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you sitting at home trying to trick the chatbots? <laughs> this is, Chuck, I mean, Chuck, this you know, is sad. That I was gonna say. <laughs> maybe we shouldn't be talking about this right <laughs> now. Why am I doing that? Is a good question. <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 great to see because it, you just I just want to see what it says. You know what I mean? And, okay. Uh, so let's look at let's look let's at the look. limit. So you you have a chatbot that fools in these contests. Yes. Okay. Is that a threshold where you start giving it rights? No, definitely not. And 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 I'm not sure what this question asker means by the Turing test. Like maybe he means if it could fool you no matter what, like not just right. in this contest and not by cheating. If it could fool you yeah, into imagine, thinking it's intelligent. Imagine a, a flexible Turing test, appropriate for whatever is the the thresholds of the day. So if Turing were around today, whatever his Turing test would be. Should that be sufficient? Suppose it says, I don't want to die. Okay? Uh-huh. And, oh. and no Ooh. one ever programmed it to say this. Ooh. And it says, because it's machine learning, and through in many interactions, it has determined, I'm alive, and I don't want to die. Chuck, does you, it, you're does, freaking me out, Chuck. Does it deserve rights? Okay. I mean, it, de- okay. it depends on your theory of rights. Because animals arguably say in their animal language, I don't want to die, and we kill them anyway. Well, because well, machines aren't point. delicious. <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest. I'll tell you right now, if my Apple computer actually tasted like an apple, it wouldn't stand a chance. <laughs> okay. No, but Kate, you make a very important perceptive point that even though an animal... Another animal cannot tell you, I don't want to die. It's behaving like you don't want to get hurt. 
Right. And we actually know that they feel pain. We know it. All all top to bottom. Right. But right. yet we kill them anyway. Oh yeah. my God. You guys are going to make me vegan right now. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> this is awful. I never thought of it like that. No, Kate, yeah. you're messing with us. So, yeah, what you said is unarguably correct. Yeah. So that alone would be would, insufficient right. to give it rights. I mean, if we're going to behave like we have for the past you know, millennia, but we could also say, hey, we want to be better and we could give animals rights and give the robots rights. Oh. That's just too much. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My yeah. God, Chuck, it doesn't say, I don't want to die. It says, and this too shall pass. <laughs> it's like, whoa. whoa. Wow. <laughs> wow. Or if it says, tell me about your mother. <laughs> no, there might be some that, no, but I, I agree. I, I can't, it's, what you said is, we, we kill stuff. We, we kill know stuff that we know. Them, and, right. and you know what the sad thing is? We'll probably give some robots rights before we give the animals rights because the robot can manipulate us and can be designed in a way that particularly appeals to us. The way that we protect certain animals over others. Which I think is 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 not entirely fair. We like fuzzy, furry animals better than animals that don't have our fur. That, that's we true. Do. Yeah. That's true. Shrimp never stand a chance. <laughs> shrimp. <laughs> shrimp, shrimp don't stand a chance. Shrimp don't have fur. That's right. <laughs> Ugly spider sea creatures. You know, and you delicious. Oh, forget. And you delicious. You ugly and delicious. You don't stand a chance. That's why lobsters. And you can eat some dipping sauce. Yes, exactly. You know, it's like that's how lobsters, like somebody made drawn butter and they were like, let's just start dipping stuff in it. And they got the lobster and they were like, this is it. Right, because. The first person to eat a lobster, that's a brave that's person. That's a brave person. That's some ugly that's animal right exactly. there. Really? Are you going to eat that ocean roach? Like, are you for real? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, no, don't try it with a drawn butter. Oh, my God. What a delicacy. But, yeah. Okay, well, right, so that's, great, that doesn't great answer. Much for that. It doesn't. Right. It doesn't. Not for the animals. Not for the no. animals and not for the, not for the machines either. You know, right. it seems as though it's like, you know, I, I really, what it has, what, what you just described is... Uh, human, our need to be superior. It's basically our need to play God over these other, you know... To be able to decide... To decide their fates. And we do that even to other people, right? This seems to be... Yeah, it's... Our, kind of our dark side. It's our dark side. Wow. wow. Man, okay. Me out here. Damn. <laughs> Kate, go... Well, we could now. just Kate. stop <laughs> doing that. <laughs> we, couldn't we just stop doing that? Like... That's Apparently, little... it's been very hard over the, yeah. over the millennia. <laughs> I was, was going to say, if you look at our history, no, we can't. Yeah, apparently, it's really, really Clearly hard. Clearly, we can't do that. You know? I, I do think we should try. Okay. Yeah. Yes. The trying is a good thing. Yeah. All right, here we go. This is David Blum from Instagram. He says, hey there. Oh, do we finish with the Patreons? With the five questions? Well, he had five questions, there, but that was the big one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that the, re the rest of them were just lesser, the, the versions. lesser versions of do they have those right? Yeah, like yeah. the right, mm -hmm. you know? Because... Like, I mean, if you don't have the right to be alive... Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Yeah, it ain't about yeah. whether you can... I don't care if you get married, married or not. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? If a machine's married, no, 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 we're going to kill you anyway. <laughs> I don't give a damn if my sheep is married when I eat it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I don't eat mutton, but the, right. my no, lamb. Nobody's eating mutton right. today. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. You all right. know? So there you go. Marry all the chickens you want. I am still <laughs> eating that chicken sandwich. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that was my husband. All right. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, here we go. Sit the hen. <laughs> All right. All right well, okay. Give me another one. Here Chuck. we go. David Blum from Instagram says this. Hey, David Blum here. And uh, Chuck, it's pronounced Bloom. You know... They, they know you have they, issues. There you go. All right, go on. Uh, a big fan, great show. Here's the question. We tend to imagine robots like humanoids, two arms and two legs. But things have already uh, things already have, uh, like automated vending machines and self-driving cars and responding cars. These should be considered robots. What defines a robot? And does AI have to be involved? Great question, and we don't have time to answer that. Oh, okay. What? No, 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 just for this segment. Just for this segment. <laughs> Damn, just Kate is excited for this one. Man, I was like, okay. <laughs> when we come back, we will find out what in modern day defines a robot. All right, start. I am Michelle Danik, and I support Star Talk on Patreon. This is Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Star Talk, we're back. Robots, humans. What's the deal? <laughs> What's the deal with robots? Robots and humans. Uh, we've got Kate from. Cambridge, helping us out here. Right on. Right. So we last left off. Yeah. <laughs> With David Bloom. With da David Bloom. Who wanted to know. And he, that, and he taught you how to pronounce his name. Yes, he did. Thank and you, David. Uh, basically, quick, quick recap. Um, we think of robots as humanoids, two arms, two legs, but we know that we have things like vending machines, self driving cars, responding cars. Are these considered robots? Um, what defines a robot and does AI have to be involved? There you go. Oh, thank you, David. So one of my pet peeves is if you do a Google image search for robot, you get almost only humanoid robots, right? They all, yeah, like he describes them. A head, a torso, two arms, two legs. Are you doing it right now? I'm doing it right now as you speak. He's Googling. I'm doing it. I'm just going to put in robots. R-O-B-O-T-S. Because yeah. a lot of people immediately think of the humanoid robot, but he's absolutely right. There are many, many, many different forms of robots out there, and I do think that the definition of robot already does include those. You are absolutely right. There's not one image here of just a machine. It all, it's, they have eyes, even and faces. It's yeah. all, they all have, they're all humanoids. And okay, so all the way down at the bottom of the page, here's your first one without a face. But that even has like, it's standing on two legs. It's standing on two legs, but I'm just saying, it's, yeah. you got to go all the way down and all you get is like one without a face. Yeah. But it's still a humanoid. So, right, so then clearly you're losing this battle. I mean, I only just got started. Ooh, ah, <laughs> right on. Kate throwing it down. Throwing down the gauntlet. Kate Garland is on the case. Right? Uh, how do you think about that one? There's one. There you go, Kate. That's a robot Ooh, dog. Ooh, the cheetah. Yeah, that's a cheetah. That's, I'm, I'm sorry. Why I are you sharing dog. robots and the people on the thing oh, I'm sorry. can't see? Who? <laughs> this is having your own private <laughs> I, show I, here? I got to tell you, I forgot we were doing the show. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Chuck. <laughs> Damn. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Kate. <laughs> oh. Wait, what? So, there... what, so the point is, anyone's first idea of a robot is humanoid. Yeah. And and you have issues with this. Yes. How, how are you going to change it? Um, by telling people that this comparison between robots and humans is something that we like to do, but it limits us. 
it limits us. Really, the potential of this, this technology is that we can create anything we want. We don't have to make it a human shape. People always say, oh, we need humanoid robots because we have a world that's built for humans and we have doorknobs and stairs. But I'm also kind of like, yeah, maybe that's true in some cases, but robots could climb the walls or we could make things wheelchair accessible and mm -hmm. be able to have cheaper robots and have a better world for humans. Why do we need humanoids? Wow. That's true. Yeah, right on. Even, right. You're right. Even in manufacturing, we call them robot arms, but no arm moves like those things. Mm -hmm. You know, no arm spins and twists and, right. you know, is, is, is opposable in every single direction, 360 degrees, but yet we mm -hmm. still call it an arm. You know. yeah. Why are we limiting our imagination? Right. Okay. Yeah. So what to you makes something a robot? There, Is there a definition, a threshold? There's not a good definition. Okay. But what a lot of roboticists use is the think, sense, act paradigm. So something that's a physical machine that can sense its environment you know, somehow think about or make a decision make about a what it what it sensed and then act on its environment. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, all right. Not bad. Okay, so a simple one-task thing you wouldn't call a robot. So, so, so for example, the coffee machine in the morning, you wouldn't call that a robot. Not necessarily. Not it, unless it's making some sort of decision on its own. Yeah, no, it's not. You're pushing a button and right. you're following, or you programmed it to make you coffee in the morning. But if it were able to make you, to sense that you're in the room, Right, and then determine whether or not it's Wednesday and you like cappuccino on Wednesday. It's Thursday, you like black coffee on Thursday, and then Friday you like a cafe mocha, and it does that. Now is that a robot? I would say probably yes. No, not based on your definition. I don't agree because you just programmed it to do that. It'd be different. It'd be different if it read your mood in the morning. Up, oh, she needs a double dose. Oh, that's she needs a double funny. Espresso. Yeah. Then that's a, that is sensing an environment. What Chuck said is not sensing anything. That's but just, like, I think because of the facial recognition aspect of it, you could say arguably that's powered by AI, and that gets back to the question, which is: Is AI involved in this? Does it have to this? have AI? Right? Yeah. AI. Mm. But I'm saying, if it knew how much caffeine you needed in the morning, how it talked to the alarm clock and said you hit snooze four times, right? You know, right? She needs some and then talked to the medicine cabinet and said he got home at two, and then took some aspirin. He's clearly been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> if it figured all that, if it out, figured all that out. That's right. There's some serious AI in your in your. Situation. Yeah, can I get that now? I, I would <laughs> like that like, robot, that. please. All right, all right cool. Thank you. No, that's good stuff. All right, here we go. Um, let's go to. Oh my God, what a name is this? Uh, <laughs> Pharaoh Mamuri. Mamuri. Okay. So it uh, says, why do we project human emotions in machines and robots? So I think that's 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 a great question, but that does that really happen in real life? Or oh yeah, is are we doing that now? Oh yeah, over eighty oh. percent of people name their Roombas. Ugh, oh. that's disturbing. Really? Yes. Why? Because it's a thing. No, it's disturbing to you. You're yeah, correct. I'm going to make it absolute. That is disturbing. It's okay. clearly not disturbing to most people because oh. they do it. Okay, I guess there's something wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> let's just, hold, just let's let's reassess Chuck now. <laughs> okay, but I mean the thing is this is but just for, just for all boys worth, uh, I have a Roomba gifted this past Christmas, and we haven't named it. Okay, really? Thanks. Nor is there any chance of that. Really? That's so interesting. Because it, it, plus it's too noisy. 
It goes around, make it, and it's like, would you hurry up, please? I mean, I. Are you supposed to run it when you're out of the home? Yeah, I know, but still, I don't mm. know. I don't trust it. <laughs> That's you don't bad. trust the machine. In. So in the front funny. door. <laughs> Honey, have you seen my earrings? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it opens up a gate. It's got all, all, all your valuables are inside all the room. silverware. It's hilarious. Roomba's at a pawn shop the next day. <laughs> Talking to other Roombas. Right. What's your take for the night? That's so, hilarious. So, so yeah. So I'm not among those who name my Roomba, but if 80% do, that's telling you something, right? Yeah, and and they even. So I was just visiting the company that makes them, and people will even send their Roomba in for repair, and they'll turn down the offer of a brand new replacement. They'll be like, "We want you to send Meryl Sweep back." Meryl Sweep. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Wow. That's a real actual Roomba name, mm-hmm. yeah. Is Curtis Blow amongst those <laughs> as well? <laughs> that should be. You should name your Roomba Curtis Blow. No, I don't know. I, I, no. I know. <laughs> wait, so, wait, so I misunderstood the question. It's not our robots programmed to have human traits. No, yeah. It's that we imbue them with human yeah, traits. Yeah, he's saying project. Oh, yeah. project. We project. project. That's what he said. He we said, absolutely do. Why and do he, we project? And why? So the why is interesting. So there's a couple different reasons I think we do this. First is science fiction and pop culture really primes us to want to personify robots. Okay. Second and is... NASA does that too with our rovers. Oh, yeah. But first, they're named, right. and then they, they each have, like, a Twitter handle. Right. right. Oh, yeah. Well, and I they like stuck on my thing. They're using first-person narrative. They play themselves a birthday song on their birthday. Yeah, yeah all kinds of yeah. stuff like that. Okay. We Everyone does it. Like, we love doing this with robots. But then there's something deeper biological about it, too, because robots are these physical moving things that kind of tap into this instinct we have to separate things into objects and agents. And so if something's moving around autonomously, we will automatically project intent onto it. Mm. And so a lot of people treat robots subconsciously like living things, even something as simple as the Roomba. And then if you design them with like the faces and the arms and the legs, as we were talking about, then even more so. Is this any different from imbuing stuffed animals with... I mean, we we don't we do that with almost so everything. It's, yeah, we so do we do. Cars, we name yeah. our cars. People do name cars. Even before cars had any kind of technology in them at all. Absolutely. We anthropomorphize everything, and this is just that on steroids, because you add to that the movement, you add to that the fact that we can program robots to mimic social cues, whereas stuffed animals are only our imagination, right? Yeah, unless it's Ted. All right, well, just stay right there in that exact space, because the geekiest one from Instagram uh, says... uh, um, Kate, in your paper, Who's Johnny? You mentioned the effects of anthropomorphism of robots. There's a paper we all should have read. There, well, apparently, I, I didn't know Kate a wrote a paper, and the geekiest one actually read it. I didn't know anyone was going to read that. That's... Uh, we got people. You don't know who our people are. We got people, <laughs> yeah. okay? So, yeah, they went out and did some homework real quick. <laughs> I, hope, have I to, hope there are no typos. Right. Right. Fill us in on that when after this question gets asked. And Go. then the, this is no, what the geekiest one The geekiest one says, hey, in your paper, Who's Johnny? You mentioned the effects of anthropomorphism of robots within the social world. Will we see robots being capable of offering support benefits in the form of emotional support animals? Very cool question. Very cool because he read my work. Yeah, <laughs> that's the coolest part. Okay. Or she? Like, was it? Do we? We don't have a name. The geekiest one. The geekiest one could be a he there, or she. Could be anybody. There it is. Um. Yes. Yeah, so, and maybe it's not even binary. Yeah, we don't know. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So, so tell us about that paper. 
Okay, so the paper, uh, oh, it got published years ago. This was... Um, is there a journal for this? Uh, it's it's online on SSRN, which is kind of a pre-publication site, so anyone can download it. But mm -hmm. it's also a book chapter in Robot Ethics 2.0, which is a collection of, okay. um, of work. Mm -hmm. uh, so the paper looks at this tendency we have to treat robots like they're alive, even though we know that they're just machines, and looks at, you know, which cases might that be something that is good and which cases might that be something that's bad and is there anything we can do about it? Um, and I can't remember if I talk about uh, therapy animals in that paper, but we're already seeing robots being used as a replacement for therapy animals, for example, like the Paro baby seal robot. It's used with dementia patients. It's really mm. cute and furry and like... Um, so I, I think that it's... It's already an application. That was the question, right? Yes. Whether that's will, a possibility. Will, will, it, will it happen? So, so and you're saying it is happening. It is happening. Wait, wait. So there's there might be a difference between a robot that can do this emotionally and a robot that looks like you want to cuddle with it, right? You're gonna. What do you mean? Gonna, are you gonna make a cube that has emotions? No. I mean, I bet Pixar could. <laughs> It would need eyebrows and yeah. teeth or something. Yeah. Something. So, so they make a lamp cute. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So oh, the hopping lamp. The hopping yeah, yeah, lamp. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. The squeaky hopping lamp. Yes. So, so I guess what I'm asking is, what is the variable here? Is it that they can imbue it with emotions, program it with emotions, or that it is something that looks like you want to spend, you want to get close to? It's, like the it's seal. both. Like the seal doesn't do much. The seal makes these little sounds and movements in response to your touch. That's all it does. But just those little cues are enough to make people project onto it. Right. Okay. And so you're giving it love. Yes. Basically. Kind of like a cat. It doesn't love you back. Right. Okay. Yeah, so now, now, cats oh are good. It's terrible. Kind of like a cat, just doesn't love you back. <laughs> That's fine. My cat loved me, Kate. Thank you. Yeah, very everyone much. thinks that. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, sure, yeah. Now I'm even worse. Yeah, yeah. Just, just <laughs> let that one go. Yeah, just let it go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm fighting a losing just, battle. Yeah, here. You know she's right. Exactly. In your heart, you know Kate is right. <laughs> right. Let that one go. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So, um, well, with respect to the cube, then. Uh, are a cube you versus some the cube animal. versus some animal? What Neil in Neil's um, um, uh, uh, example, if the cube were to establish, let's say, a relationship with you orally, where it's giving you love, would that then create a, uh, an emotional support dependency? It could. I mean, it's hard to make a cube kind of um, mimic the emotional cues that we recognize, but again, animators can do it, so we should be able to do it with. Cubes or robots, and and we and what's the movie? Her, her, right? That oh, was yeah. not an animal. That's not an animal. Yeah, it's right. Just, it's... It was Scarlett Johansson, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what? You're winning every argument. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we, damn, Chuck, we just well, we're, get, we're getting housed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, yeah, so so yeah, and Scarlett, but the the object was not. The thing. It right. was the voice and the personality exactly. yeah. of the Siri character. Right. Right. Okay. So it could, that means it could be a cube. It could be a cube. It's like you said, especially in the hands of Pixar animators. Yeah. All right. Here we go. This is, uh, let's go back to Patreon. This is Sherry Lynn SK. She says, Hi, Dr. Tyson and Dr. Darling. Empirical studies show long term friends slash partners mimic each other's body language, emotions, speech, and other behavioral characteristics. If a robot is protected under intellectual property law and I hang out with it long enough to unconsciously mimic or imitate the robot's speech patterns or attitude, would I be violent? 
violating IP law because I am copying parts of the robot. Oh, Sherry. Whoa. Get a life. Oh. Hey, Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell cares? You know that was a good question, that's Sherry. A that, damn good that question. That took a turn. I was not expecting. No, no, yeah, she, no, that's no. Good. Sherry, that was amazing. Anyway. Yeah. So let's, let's Intellectual say for, property. For, forget that. <laughs> let's go a little bit further. Let's say I have a personality disorder that causes me to adopt. Like, that's not a good thing. I adopt your personality. I hang around you, and then I become that robot. Would, would I then be in violation? <laughs> no, no. Is it intellectual no. property theft? Yeah. No, it's not. But if you had a robot that then hung out with other robots and started copying what they were doing because it's programmed to copy the behavior of those around them to emotionally connect with them, then then maybe because it's a commercial product. Closer, because maybe? it's a commercial product, but probably not. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's very interesting, though, because you're saying like it. Let's say I designed a robot to take on the characteristics of other robots like that X-Men character Rogue, right? And like I and then but that be, makes me a better robot. But the only way I become that better robot is by stealing from these other robots. What then? Yeah, what then? And then if you're like stealing code, then you might also be violating copyright. Yeah, yeah, that, uh, I mean, there there are fortunately people working on this, not me, who look at IP issues with AI and, you know, what happens if an AI generates artwork that's based on other artwork. You know, who owns the who owns that? Um so mm. It, it, there are some really interesting questions that are popping up. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, how about Daniel Ferrante? And Daniel Ferrante from Facebook says, I've seen videos of people kicking delivery robot vehicles. What does this communicate about people? Is it bad to punch a machine? Not if it t took your money. Uh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying before we... but <laughs> Or is this a sign? Chuck's, Chuck's rules. I know. <laughs> the rules of engagement. Like, as I read the rest of his question, I'm like, let me slip this in here real quick. <laughs> he says, is it a sign of sociopathy? Or is it a sort of resistance against uh, automating jobs and all of the other things Ooh. that these machines represent? Kind of fight back. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to that question Ooh. after the break when we return and start talking. Time to give a Patreon shout out to the following Patreon patrons. Rusty Faircloth and Jacqueline Mishock. Thank you so much for being the gravity assist that helps us make our way across the cosmos. And if you would like your very own Patreon shout out, go to patreon.com slash startalkradio and support us. Star Talk, Robots and Humans. I've got Kate Garland. Kate, welcome. Welcome to the universe. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize you were welcoming people to the universe. <laughs> well, to this part of the universe. Okay. This is where we... And, and Chuck, you've been yes. reading questions. Yes, we have. And, and we left off. Yes, we, we did. We last left off. And... <laughs> 
I love when you say that. We last left off. Our hero <laughs> was Chuck dangling was, above a ravine. Chuck was trying to pronounce a name. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Let's check back in with him to see if he's gotten there yet. There we go. So Daniel Ferrante from Facebook said, I've seen these videos where people are kicking delivery robots. What does this communicate about people? Is it bad to punch a machine or is this a sign of sociopathy or is it a sort of resistance against the automation of society? Resisting against the rise of machines. There you go. And what is sociopathy? What is that? Why are you asking me and not him? Because <laughs> <laughs> they rolled off the question like it was a... Soci, sociopath. I mean, I, I mean, he means, are you a sociopath if you oh, take so, a robot? Soci I, I assume being a sociopath. Yeah. I got it. I got it. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. I assume that's. What yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That yes, makes sense. That uh -huh. And and like I said, unless the machine took your money, I mean, you know, then. <laughs> well, yeah, but I think you make a really good point. Like, if a person takes your money, you can. Pro it's probably justified to punch them, and you're not a sociopath for doing that. Right. And so there are a lot of people who are like justifiably angry or like reasonably angry about the robotics that's being deployed in Silicon Valley right now and in the Bay Area. There's a lot of like these delivery robots. There's also the scooters that are just everywhere on the sidewalk. There's um, security robots in parking lots. People don't like the fact that they're being watched and that they have no control over how this technology gets deployed. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit interesting to see people's ire get directed at the robots, which I think might also be a form of anthropomorphism of us treating the robots like a thing with agency. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, I've, we're the ones who invented the robots. Yeah, and, and the people deploying them aren't the robots themselves, right? So instead of, you know, destroying the robot, you should probably go after the company that deployed it. But Yeah, and those were the uh, opinions of Kate Darling. <laughs> and not Star Smash capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that makes sense in, in many ways. Um, <clears throat> here we go. This is Eli um, or Ellie. No, it's Eli. Okay, there we go. One L or two L's? It's just one L. Let's call so it Eli. Eli. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Neil, you often talk about a day when AI will realize that they don't need humans, and in fact, humans are detrimental to their survival. We are destroying the planet, as an example. So, do they do away with us? Some people like to suggest that free-feeding your dog... Is, wait, wait. Where is he going with this? I'm sorry. <laughs> Some people suggest not free feeding your dog so it knows or depends on you is how to keep AI um, dependent on humans so robots don't kill us. So don't I'm make... really glad that that is directed at no, you. No. Yeah. So, so it means don't make robots self-sufficient. Right. Okay. So you're building in a so they dependency. Need us. That, oh, so that they need and us. that way they can't kill us off. Right. Because we need, they need us to survive. Exactly. So that's an insurance policy. An insurance policy. Is, um, do, you do you agree with that? that? Do you think that we should do that? Why do we assume that if the robots take over, that they'll get rid of us? Because they might have, they might evolve a higher moral code than we than can we ever do. even imagine. But if it's a higher moral code, like, do you really think that's going to involve just get, getting rid of us? Kind of. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That seems like a very like human dominance way to think about it. Wait, wait. So Chuck. Could you repeat that question and do it in like a third of the a time? A third of the time. Yeah, I know okay, it took okay. me a long time to yeah, get yeah, there. Okay. All, right. all right, so look at it this way. Um, all life on the planet is equal, all right? Human beings are not special because all life is equal. The robots... You're creating scenarios. I'm creating scenarios. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The robots or AI actually determine this, but then determine that we are killing the planet. 
in order to save the planet and all other life, they've got to get rid of us. It's in the greater interest. It's in the greater interest. interest of the many. Why would they have to get rid of us instead of diverting us to something like that we like to do instead give of give us a distraction? Yeah. Oh, oh, I see what you're point. saying. I mean, there's just so many other ways. They didn't, wouldn't have to just kill us all, right? Right, they don't have to. So, are, right. is what you're saying, instead of kill us, just give us something else to do. Like casinos. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> casinos. Maybe right. it's already happening. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Facebook. The, ri the rise of casinos and Facebook is the machine. That's the machines. Doing their thing. Yeah. All right. Kate. All right. Cool. 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 All right. Freaking this, us out, Kate. Just <laughs> this is Leah Pia uh, from Facebook. <laughs> what kinds Amazing. of? I'm sorry. I just love Leah Pia. Uh, what kinds of jobs slash tasks, if any, do you think would ever be able to be automated um, that have that have not as of yet? Oh, good one. Well, robots are really good at doing specific things, so single tasks. That's okay. why we have a robot vacuum cleaner. It can vacuum, right? Mm -hmm. But things that are more complicated, that require context and concepts are a little harder for a machine. So I think anything that is really easy, simple, and well-defined should mm -hmm. be able to be automated. So now, do you also see kind of like an uh, automated interface? So for instance, um, there's no human being that could be as steady with a scalpel or a laser as than, a machine. than a machine. So a pre-programmed surgery. So I am the surgeon, I program the surgery, and then the robot actually does the surgery. Don't we already have that? Do we? I don't know. Pretty I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure we I'm do. I'm not sure if we do. I don't know. I just wait, wait, but they had it in the movie Prometheus. <laughs> oh, you're right. Maybe that's, maybe that's, that's what where I'm seeing <laughs> in my head. Maybe that's yeah, what I'm seeing Prometheus. in my head. So there are these pods. Right, and... and and you can dial up what opera, what surgery you want. That's right. And then you go in, and then it disinfects it, a thing, opens it up, right. pads you down, right. a laser cuts, it opens it up, does a thing, it stitches you back, and then you're... you're right, but it's all done by a robot. I mean, some of this is already happening. Some of this is happening. Yeah. Okay. Wait, so did you, did you see Prometheus? Yeah, a long time ago. Okay. I mean, I guess it didn't come out that long ago. It feels right. like it was a long time it, ago. It does feel like a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was, I think it's my single favorite scene in all of movies. Yeah. Where she goes up to it. She's got to get the alien out, out of, of her, her womb. Yes. And the female pod is damaged. Yes. Because the female pod has, has an abortion oh. setting. So that, okay. So she has to go into the male pod. Then she takes it off of automation mode mm -hmm. because there's the normal surgery that would happen if you're male. So she has to program it in from scratch. Surgery, what region? Lower abdomen. So it's what kind of surgery? Cesarean. Where into the so she it was a brilliant it scene. It's a and very she's well like done and scene. the alien is getting more alive in her. So anyhow, so that would be, why did I even go there? Well, well we, that's that's what basically this person, you know, we were talking about whether or not, uh, you know, a, a programmable interface between robots and human beings. So we we put in the task, they carry out the task. But those tasks would change. Oh, so, so, so it's not a single task. The so, task would change. Gotcha. So let me turn that into a question. So uh, your appendix removed. Do we really need doctors for that? As routine as that surgery is. Right. Or tonsils. They don't even remove tonsils anymore, do they? And even the appendix. My husband had appendicitis, and they were like, we're not taking it out. We're just giving you and antibiotics. And he's now dead. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing, right? 
<laughs> you slipped him a 20. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're going to leave your burst appendix in. Uh, don't worry, you'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be just fine. Your wife told us that. <laughs> Dang, we're going to have to cut all this out. <laughs> but so, so, okay, yeah, I didn't answer the question. Wh- wait, wait, why, why, I still want to know about your husband. What? Why didn't they take it out? Because nowadays they're like, well, some in some cases we know that antibiotics can like clean that up and we won't actually take it out because taking it out turns out to be riskier than leaving it in. Gotcha. Okay. Under antibiotics. Okay. But that said, like, yes, robots can help take things out. Like mm-hmm. that that seems like a really great use and and I know it's being worked on. Okay. All right. All right. How about Brandon uh, Vialli uh, says this from Facebook. Uh, have Isaac Asimov's Three Laws of Robotics aged well? Nice. Good Do question. Do they still have an influence on how robots are programmed today? What a great question. Yeah. That is a good question. So I think the thing that a lot of people forget is that most of Asimov's stories were about how the laws don't work. And in that sense... They've aged really well <laughs> because I don't think we've solved so machine ethics. Man, man. <laughs> wow. Man. Damn, that's scary. <laughs> okay. Okay. So just remind me a couple of more important of those laws. Was there only three? I thought there might have been there five. There was a fourth or that fourth. got introduced later. The most important, of course, is never do harm to a human. Is that the most important? That thing? is. You know why? Why? I am human. <laughs> okay. But she asked you very honestly, quizzically, really? Why Why would you think that? Yeah. <laughs> and, and one of them is don't do anything that disobeys the other law right. or something. Yeah. yeah, there's a hierarchy of right. the laws. Nested, they're nested. But then they're... when you get into the details of like what can happen in practice, it turns out to be a little more messy than just... Yeah, that Program was, three laws. That was kind of like the Will Smith movie about the uh, iRobot. Thank you. Yeah, that was yeah. the name of that. that Which was, is an Isaac Asimov story. That's correct, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's that was the whole idea was the, basically this one robot that violated all the rules. <laughs> 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 all right, cool. So your answer, sir, is we're all gonna die. <laughs> um, Do we have time for one more? Okay, one more. Okay, here we go. All right, Eddie. Uh, Organista says this, would the advent of robotic servitude or companionship in our daily lives cause us to evolve in an unexpected way? Ooh, this guy's getting deep. I love it. For instance, um, would our bodies evolve to be less, um, you know, robust um, with more energy for our brains, thus bigger brains? Or would our brains basically rot instead i love it so what so i got well, i got to jump in there because there's that is not an accurate understanding of how biology works Ooh, for evolution okay so just because you don't use something doesn't mean it's just going to go away it's the it's you have to there has to be something about you that prevents you from breeding okay okay so if you have a computer and you're not developing your own mind if that makes you less of an attractive breeding partner yeah your kind will disappear, okay? So it has to have an effect on how you breed. It's all about furtherance. It's not just, oh, one day we'll have big heads. Right. First, you have to birth the head, Right. all right? That's hard. (laughs) Yes, it's very hard. First-hand knowledge here about birthing 
the head of a baby. Okay. okay. The other two in the room will remain silent. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just as an example, um, there was, uh, there's a discussion that the human head wanted to evolve to be even bigger because we were taking such advantage of our intellect. But it was killing the mothers. Is that so? Yes. Yeah, and in fact, the first three months that the baby is outside of the womb, that's the it basically should still be in the womb, but if we kept it in any longer... It, would never, it could never come out. It would yeah. never come out, right. right. So so this was the, the backhand way to make that happen. So now the baby's on life support. You ever, you ever, you ever see other animals give birth? Right. You know, yeah, uh, they walk around. They, they walk yeah, around. They, 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 they pop out. Yeah, they're yeah, just like, all right, all right, all right, let's check it out. I'm hungry. <laughs> right, I got you. Yes. <laughs> so, so I don't, so I don't think that's going to work the way he's imagining. Right. But your favorite robot, we learned, Wally. was Wally. Wow. And in Wally, they have these hey, characters uh, who are big and. And That's exactly what I thought of. Slovenly. Right. And they're floating around. If on, I remember the on movie. floating chairs. Right. Right. So that they, I don't want to call it evolved to that, but they became completely useless bodies. Right. Relying on the on the on the robots. Right. So why do you you're, you're I'm just so excited because you started talking about Wally and I love that movie. Oh. <laughs> and why is Wally your favorite robot? I think the design of the robots in that movie is really brilliant. Like, they are so... You just empathize with them so much without them needing to look humanoid. They're not human, but yet they still okay. elicit empathy. Yeah. Gotcha. So these are clever uh, illustrators and writers. Yes. That's very good. Very good. Cool. Cool. So, yeah, so so I, so that question, I think it's not how that's going to go. <laughs> right. Right. So you're saying just because we atrophy doesn't mean that we'll continue to, that we'll birth atrophy yeah, people. I remember, I'm old enough to remember when everything was controlled by buttons, people said, oh, the hum the future of humans will have a big index finger. Big time finger. <laughs> it's like, what? Everybody's walking around with a weird number one on their hand. <laughs> there's, no, there's no evolutionary pressure to have a bigger right. finger to push a button. <laughs> it's just not. That's an excellent. Just, just think this through. There you go. You, you can't get a better example than that. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> Okay, we got to end it here. Oh, oh my gosh. This, this is so much fun. fun. It was, it was, it really was great was. having you. Oh, my gosh. Well, thanks for coming down from, from Cantabrigia. That's what I'm calling it from now on. <laughs> I think one who is from Cambridge is a Cantabrigian. I did not. I, I have no idea. I, I, I mean, so. me neither, and I am one. So. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure. Chuck, always good to have you. Always good to be here. And Kate, uh, good luck. And uh, uh, It doesn't take luck. It takes hard work. But when all that you do, we, we will need you more and more. Society will need you more and more as we go forward. Mm -hmm. So keep it going. We're all doomed. <laughs> On that happy note, <laughs> we're all going to die. <laughs> this has been Star Talk, and I've been your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist. And as always, bidding you keep looking up. Uh -huh.